I actually um, keep forgetting what the melody sounds like. Even though. <laughs> yeah, I mostly just don't want to keep subjecting you guys to my beautiful voice. Yeah, you know, you gotta, voice, you really say. gotta save it. When we do, mm-hmm. you know, podcasts have seasons, and like, who knows, you know, how long our first season goes. But when we've got a season one closer, it's actually going to be the Bianca Experience live. Okay, so you decided that. <laughs> yeah, I decided. Got it. <laughs> Me saying it live right. now just commits you to it. Okay, and yeah, everyone now puts that on your calendars. I guess we should choose like if we're gonna have a season one end date. Like we haven't discussed that, so we don't. table this that for the future too. This just goes on forever since you guys are just absolutely loving and eating up every single episode. Yes, and I feel like we had a good one this week. Um, but first, how have you been? It's been a minute. I- yeah, it's been a minute. I'm I'm good. Like, I'm sunburnt, and that's good. <laughs> I saw you putting on oil, no SPF. Yeah, I was like, girl, it is summer. It is time for that, like, Mexican skin quality to come through. I want the the brown. I want the, the sunlight. I want, you know, just time outside. Yeah, I need a glow. For real. And, like, in the last two weeks Finland just slammed us with summer yeah and for those listening who have not visited um summer here is 68 degrees Fahrenheit or like 18 Celsius ish so but yeah you get you get burnt there's there's the UV rays out so um right there with you that sitting outside is or hanging out outside is the way to go yeah and like I think we've broken 70 degrees Fahrenheit like once and the Finns are already joking that like, well, that was a lovely summer. <laughs> like see you next yeah. year. <laughs> it's just one day. But I mean, it does make you like really appreciate it when it is nice out. Um, Cause I feel like when I lived in the States, I don't know if I necessarily was like so gung ho about like sitting in a park all day. Right. I feel like I didn't really do that where I used to It wasn't to live, something so. you like valued or. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this week has been interesting, I'd say, because of all the stuff going on in the world and kind of thinking about that <laughs> a lot. So on my end, I don't know. We went to that. We went to the Black Lives Matter uh demonstration i would say it was in helsinki not necessarily a protest yeah Um, but i think they called it both but that was that was really good um but i think otherwise like i'm just trying to just educate myself more on what's been going on and the history um of our systems and policies and things like that and it's been very eye-opening whoops just dropped my phone (laughs) yeah no for sure i agree with you i think like on the one hand, gay, finished summer, but agreed. I think on the other hand, we are currently experiencing something like revolutionary in the world. It's incredible. Like, yes, this is a U.S. driven event, but we've seen so much inter- international involvement in this movement. I, I don't know if the statistic is 100 percent accurate. I did see it somewhere earlier online, but something that cited like 13 different countries had had their own like Black Lives Matter demonstrations around the world which is great. Like this is definitely a big movement and it did make me so proud to see like 
Finland represent. Um, Senate Square is like the like I don't know I think such a like the the beacon symbol of mm-hmm. um, Finland to many tourists, and to see that area of the city just jam packed with people. Um, and to hear such amazing speeches from so many of like the black representatives in the country. Um, mm-hmm. It was great. I, uh, Bianca and I like attended with some of our coworkers. Um, I got there a little early and managed to get like a really, really good like position um, up towards where the speakers were. Um, mm-hmm. And after all of the speeches had happened, a lot of the attendees actually split up that had like megaphones and started these like circles of speeches and were just passing around the microphone um, and taking their opportunity to like share their pain, but also empower one another. And it was it was incredible. Like, I am so glad yeah. to see so many people in this country turn out and support this. And, you know, yeah. I think hearing about everything that's been happening in the States has been very painful, but right now is like a time to listen and to educate ourselves. Yeah. I'm really proud of Helsinki and Finland, um, for, for putting on that, um, event and for seeing so many people there. I was honestly very surprised. Like it got shut down early because there were too many people. Um, and, like the Finnish government only wants 500 people or less, 500 people or less to gather. And I think there was like 3000 mm-hmm. maybe there if, if, from what I read. Um, but yeah, I completely agree. It's just our time to, our non black people's time to listen and educate and grow as well during this time and then help in the long term where we can. So yeah, uh, I don't know. That's just been, I feel like this week for me was like a little, bit more different than normal. So I'm glad that we are doing our podcast now though, because it's always, it always brightens my day, brightens my week, brightens my month that we get to connect and do this. (laughs) It's definitely one of the highlights of my week. So I am so glad we, we get to do this. One thing I do want to say before we like transition onto next topic for any folks that are listening, um, if you do have like, the need to talk to someone, um, I would like to offer myself, feel free to reach out to me. Um, I, obviously I share my, my social media all the time. Um, so feel free to reach out if you want to start a dialogue and specifically to my Latinx community members that may be listening to this. I have spent a lot of this week engaging in conversations with folks really trying to challenge anti-blackness in our communities. Um, if you, for any reason think you contribute to that problem or know that you actively contribute to that problem. Let's talk. Yeah. Well, we do have a little bit of a lighter topic than normal. I would say for today. Um, I think just with a lot that's gone on in 2020, um, we've had probably more serious podcast topics lately. But this one, we decided at least three or four weeks ago that um, since it is our lucky number 13 episode, 13th episode <laughs> of the podcast, we want to make it lighthearted and um, go for this. We're just going for this topic. It is conspiracy theories. <sighs> and 
I mean, I don't know. A lot of people give these some thought, and so I'm ready to dive in. And Because uh, we all got that from, one friend. You know? We all got that one friend. Honestly, I've learned that I've got a couple of those one friends <laughs> that kind of <laughs> fed a lot of information um, that I got to go through. And now I might be deep in. Like, this might become my new hobby is, like, conspiracy theories. Obviously, such a good way to spend my time. Um, but we do have a special guest. Yes, we do. Guys, we'd like Hi. to introduce. Yes. Uh, Say hi, Steve. Who is he? <laughs> who is he? Steve, tell us about yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm Steve. I uh, am one of the crazy Americans who is living in in Finland with uh, Bianca and Salvador. Um, I I moved back right before Christmas this year, so I have been following the podcast and the instagram and all the socials watching bianca in, be an influencer and mm-hmm. salvador put together this podcast and so i always send them comments and thoughts and stuff and they were gracious enough to invite me on and i am a bit of a podcast connoisseur i, I realized about a month ago when npr had a survey that they were asking people to do that i listen to somewhere between 20 and 40 podcast episodes per week so um that's how i stay Informed is actually where I get news from uh, BBC News and World Report and NPR. So um, it's really fun to be on a podcast for the first time and see the entire curtain pulled back. Oh my no. gosh, are we like it, it's magical, right? It is. <laughs> it is. So it is really magical, like to see you guys sitting there on those like plush couches with the like studio <laughs> soundproofing equipment and. And uh, Bianca's phone sort of sliding on the table and dropping right during a serious moment. You know, it's know. real, folks. It's very real. It's, it's real time. It's live. We are beacons of professionalism. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to modulate my pace because I am also a 1.75 podcast listener. So um, I, I can't talk too fast because if I talk too fast and then listen to it that fast, uh, it'll I'll sound like a chipmunk or something. But I'll try yeah. and see. Yeah, but Steve, you you listen to t- between twenty to forty podcasts a week. Yeah, I have a number of daily things that are about ten minutes that come in, so like that that adds up relatively fast because I do two different BBC News and World Report and uh, the NPR Politics, which is a daily, and NPR's Up First, which is a daily, and Planet Money Indicator, which is a daily, and then you know a bunch of other NPR stuff, and you know I, I let them go. I find it hard to give up on some of them, even if they're like not really jiving anymore. So um, I keep them and then I clear them out. And now that I have had so much time at home, I'm like focused on my garden on the weekends. And so I have even more time with the headphones in. So I've started doing audiobooks. And luckily, I still have my finished residency. So I can use the Helsinki library and the, the Madison library where I live. Um, so I can get a different selection of things which may or may not be available. So that's a tricks of the trade. Yeah. Um, well, I think maybe in the episode description or somewhere we could link out to maybe podcasts you recommend, especially if you listen to that many a week, like, I know yeah. you sent us some, um, which I did listen in preparation yeah. for this episode, but I think the, the rest of them, our listeners could also benefit. Yeah, yeah. Like I listened to five, and trust me, they are not informative in any way. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I have some fun ones too. Like I, I listen to to uh, Ross Matthews, which is just an entertainment one, and I have listened to every episode of that. And they are very transparent about the curtain and and not not keeping things a secret. And it feels good to be part of that, you know, growing community. Also, yeah, I do love that. Straight talk with Ross Matthews. Exactly. So good. All right, guys. Well, let's jump into our topic conspiracy theories yeah i think one that i think we can kick off with is um insight i got from podcast steve sent it's npr's through line and i think the title was just conspiracy or conspiracy theories i think it's just 30 minutes or something so really easy to listen to but um something the first thing they say is basically that the u.s is founded on conspiracy theories or like helped, you know, revolutionize the way America came about, um, from the colonies to the U S. So I think like this really resonated with me because I feel like it's baked into our culture that way. If it really did start all the way back in the 1700s, um, with, they said Sam Adams, um, so he's not just the beer a, guy. Yeah. The, a brewmaster, right? Um, so I think this is really true. Like any topic or like headline or anything, I feel like Americans always have a conspiracy theory behind it. And it's maybe like the corner, one of the cornerstones of America, dare I say. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like 9-11 was an inside job. Mm-hmm. You know, what happened when we decided that uh, – our nation's capital was going to be, you know, Washington, D.C. I don't think I know that one. Yeah. what? Ha- I want to be in the room where it happens, you know. The room Hamilton. where it happens. Yeah. Oh, I've never seen Hamilton. You should one. listen to it. It explains it in the, so- the lyrics of the songs, even if yeah. you don't go watch it. Okay. I think someone, Salvador, didn't you record it? <laughs> Hamilton? Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's coming to Disney Plus as a recording. In July. Yeah. In July. I'm so sorry that I just misspoke. I definitely um, interpreted that as Salvador took the opportunity with his fancy recording mic to sing Hamilton from beginning to end and record himself doing Hamilton. And I was like, I kind of want to see this. That would be great. I could totally okay. do it. You can see me wrap my way through satisfied, you know. <laughs> I'm a girl in a world with... <laughs> No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Starting now. We're changing (laughs) topics. Um, Yeah. Well, anyways, I just feel like this is so true that the U.S. is formed on conspiracy theories. And I just see so many different ones come up. And I've never been one to, like, go down the rabbit hole and really, like, dig into what they are. um, Until, like, more recently when we came up with this topic and then um, friends started sending in conspiracy theories i think one of my favorites is about where we currently live salvador have you heard of this one i haven't what is the conspiracy theory i just heard it this week that finland does not exist (laughs) but we live here (laughs) i'm conflicted steve as someone who maybe used to live in finland in quotes (laughs) what are your thoughts um, I would say I, I heard this like a year ago or something. I think it like ran through our friends group chat chain as like a, a quick meme that went through. And it is mm-hmm. 
like the quintessential example of a conspiracy theory because it has this like deep mimetic frame. So it's like a quick, easy to understand thing. And like it immediately makes your brain either decide like that is absurd. There's no way. But maybe like I wouldn't know that. And it's based on this like us versus like preoccupation with them where you're just like, well, like most Americans have not been to Finland. Like it's it's a rarity. It's not the most mm-hmm. common country to go to. So like it it has something that you could be like, well, I could see that that could be true. And then like you just start adding all sorts of like not true but plausible facts to the to the nature of things. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, Finland doesn't exist. It's made up. And I think the Finns love it because they're extremely well educated and and like trained through all of their education to like interrogate the world around them and like question things. So it like entertains them that people would believe this sort of a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But it is like deep in like our, our American psyche to to think in this way. And and it's like there's a border between like being a critical thinker and thinking like is this possibly true or not, and then being like not trusting of anything and and like anti-government anti giving up any of your personal freedoms and and like there's just a a balance to that so i I think that one is a a pretty fascinating one bianca that's a that's a good one i think like along those lines though can i can i pose if if we use that as like justification for like a conspiracy theory or like kind of what like creates one like i would speculate that south dakota doesn't exist I've never met somebody from South Dakota. Have you? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or that Montana. I've never point. met anybody from Montana. It is a mystical place where Brokeback Mountain took place. And <laughs> <laughs> for all I know, it isn't a real place. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But you're talking about our own country now. So I don't know. Gotta stand by yeah. <laughs> those 50 stars. Yeah. You know. No. And, and that's the interesting thing about like having discourse or discussion about this is it's like the harder you try to disprove the conspiracy, the, the more that reinforces the believers conviction. And like, it's, it's tapped into all the psychology of how, like the first thing that you take to be true is the tendency that you prefer to stick with. And then it hits on like your confirmation bias and, you know, the, the belief perseverance phenomenon, which is like, just how our brains are wired to work. And and it's like, once you think something, and I think that's why so people are so afraid to talk about politics uh, nowadays and the challenges of, of world life, because it's like you come into the discussion with a totally different perspective. And I think it's a little bit salient now with a lot of the, the protests and uh, things that are going on across the world, but especially in the U.S., Um, depending on where you get your news or who you talk to, the perspective of the same exact event is wildly different. Uh, And and in a very unfortunate way, uh, like just the choice of words that you would use versus like peaceful protest or like rioting and looting. And and it's like reinforced sort of over and over, which is like a little deep and, and sad, but like plays into like what you're, cognitive bias is already because like you're just confirming what you believe to be the way things go and i think that's part of why like i wasn't planning to hit on on the the black lives matter as much but like i think that's why so many white people from places of privilege are just they they cannot believe that we're not over it right like we had a, a black president we had we've seen so much progress like 
I, I am a, a gay man who's married to my husband and like we have progressed so far, but in many ways, like things are the way they've always been in the US and, and it's easier to have an other and, and fight against that person. So not to bring us back to the deep place, but I think it's, yeah. it, it's salient and, and matches to, to the topic. Yeah, for sure. I think like to some extent, like I think the reason that these are so uh, – God, what's like the word? Not even like tangible, but salient, I guess, in in our daily lives are um, it, it's a way to explain maybe the unexplainable, um, even if it seems far fetched. Honestly, as you were just speaking, I was having this like flashback. So when Donald Trump was running for president, there were these videos resurfacing or like interviews in which he said, like, if I were to run for president, I would run as a Republican, citing something about like how it, like easily they are influenced and kind of like one issue voters. I, I don't know. He he went through this whole process. <laughs> and I remember having this like I could not understand how like a man ha- would go up in front of the like entire American people and say some of the things that he was saying. And there were some people that were like, maybe he's just doing this to get on the ballot and win and like completely shake up like the platform that he actually ran on. Um, obviously that is not the case as we <laughs> have seen with due time. But in my mind, I actually thought it was plausible. Like citing those old interviews, I was like, maybe this man is fooling the entire United States right now. Mm, what a good yeah. conspiracy theory. Yeah. Uh, and one of, one of the things that I, I had jotted down like a couple of quotes and things just in in thinking about this and and i think it's john maynard Keynes who said when the facts change i change my mind and like i would proudly say that that's exactly what i do but i i know in like arguing with people who have of a different political persuasion that like i go into the argument or the discussion with what i think the the answer should be and like everything they say like i'm dissecting it like a, a prosecutor or a district attorney or something and i'm like i'm going to prove my case to you versus like actually listening so bianca i thought your point at the at the opener of like just focus on listening and and learning and admit that like your worldview should constantly be growing and changing so that's the end of my heavy stuff i have actually prepped a game of sorts if you guys are interested Yes. Absolutely. We love games. Yeah. So the one thing I didn't do was make a game sound effect or something, but maybe Sal can add that in the post-production because, <laughs> you know, I, I know there's a lot of editing and, and late nights that go into This goes straight to upload, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Don't promise our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> okay, stuff. so I just have a handful of conspiracy theories. I try i found them from a couple different sources i did try to like double check the the snopes side of things to like not be putting out fake news or something uh, but i am going to admit that i am not an expert in all of these and it's more about the like dissection of the conspiracy and how it's sticking um and i think you know you guys can talk about it yourselves uh, and i also didn't try to word them in a way where it's like a true false question and we're like giving you a score at the end so you have to like you know, get the exact nuance of the language correct. Okay. Um, so you you are scoring us. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think I have said three times that it doesn't need to be competitive or score, and you've uh, softly you corrected me each time to say it's a game we should have a competition. So yes. I have a, a Google Doc, and I will I will th- track in there uh, the Salvador scores and the Bianca scores. 
I love it. Also, Ready. just to, you know, keep us from any legal liability, let's just keep using the words allegedly as we talk through this. <laughs> as I have learned from listening to other podcasts, that's what frees us from any legal compliance. Yeah. And you're allowed to sing any song without copyright infringement, but I think you can only play like a, a handful of seconds of it to sample it. But, you know, yeah. I don't know. The, the patent troll's got to be really out there to get you if, if they're going for your podcast. Yeah, very true. Okay, so this first conspiracy theory is the Eye of Providence, which is that little triangular eye with the rays of light coming out of it on the top of the pyramid on the U.S. dollar bill, mm-hmm. is a symbol that was adopted from the Bavarian Illuminati. True, right? Because isn't that the, what's the Illuminati's picture? Is it Beyonce's face? (laughs) (laughs) Like I just, for me, the eye as like an icon always goes back to like Egyptian mythology and. Oh, not Bavarian. Yeah. Like I, and like the fact that it's on a, like, you know, on an obelisk on, on a pyramid I know it's, like, symbology that's been used by other organizations, so, like, it's possible, but based on its origin, I just feel like that's so specific. It's called the Eye of Providence? Yes. And the question is, is it from Bavaria? From the Illuminati. From the Illuminati. The Illuminati adopted that. But I guess it's like what came first, the Illuminati or a dollar bill? <gasps> it's it's not like a trick question, guys. Like you just have to it's pick. It's from Biv- it is true for me. I'm gonna say false. <laughs> okay, it is false. So one point for Salvador. Yeah. Um, we don't actually know the exact history, but we do know that it is not an Illuminati reference. It might be a Freemason reference, which is, like, they were a conspiratorial group to begin with, so, like, it gets looped in with the Illuminati, and uh, it also is definitely a Christian reference, like, a pyramid, uh, like, the, th- the three sides of a triangle is, is definitely a Christian reference, um, and the pyramid, I think, has 13 uh, layers on it, which represent the 13 colonies, so there is a bunch of symbolism in there. Uh, but it just isn't Illuminati symbolism. I read okay. Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol way too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you mentioned the Freemasons, I was like, yeah, there's a lot of Freemasons, uh, according to Dan yeah. Brown, like symbology yeah. in, in U.S. Yeah. Okay, the next one is Bill Gates is planning to put a microchip in the hopefully soon-to-be-available future coronavirus vaccine as a way to track and control the population of the world. False. We've got cell phones. Okay, false. But he has been hurt. Like he has said that it. I'm pretty sure he said he would like to do that, and like has given reasons as to why it would be beneficial to have chips in everyone. Besides, besides just like yeah. COVID tracking, but other things. So that- it is false, and I I did use this example for a few reasons, but especially okay. because it like plays into your like us versus them, where you're just like, it is unfair that Bill Gates has so much wealth, and so even though he's philanthropic, and even though he's donating his wealth to charity, like there's just like, well, he's too powerful, like he's this you know up above us cabal who's like trying to get us all to do something, and and like it's it's easy to believe that because like you 
I haven't met him and I, I have no way of mm. confirming that. And and I bet he probably did say something like it would be logical to know who everyone is. And like, I don't know if you guys thought through this when you were filling out all the paperwork to like become a person in Finland, but it was like interesting to think about as like, oh, I'm not an entity to them. They have no idea that I exist. And now I'm like creating my digital and factual self in, in this mm -hmm. real way. And it's like, oh, like now I have a social security number in Finland and that will be there forever. And or like as long as they keep the records, which I bet is a Finnish statute somewhere where they like say how long they're going to keep everything. But like it's um, interesting yeah well it's like how much of like sci-fi is you know yeah. rooted in this idea of like humans becoming more bionic in the future right like so much of fantasy and ideas of the future are based on this idea that we become part machine uh towards the future and i think that's you know that's the start of it the the notion of injecting a small thing which we know nanotechnology exists at that degree into your body is it's plausible I'm telling you, Bill Gates literally said he wants to do this. <laughs> yeah. But it's false, it's false, it's false. So we each yeah. got a point, right? You each got a point. Don't worry, Bianca. It's two to one. Um, so the next one sort of keeps riffing off of that idea of of uh, the, the the bigger, you know, world government out to get you. Um, and it's this is a true or false also, that national identification cards are resisted in the U.S., due to various conspiracy theories, including pushback against a requirement by the United Nations, threat and of reductions in your personal liberty, uh, biblical references to the mark of the beast, and uh, just a hint of many various conspiracy theories. Wait, so what's the, the mark of the beast? Stop. Yeah, let's start with you that. Answer. What's the mark of the beast? <laughs> it's... It's a reference in the book of Revelation in the Bible. It's the number 666. Like is the it's known as the mark of the beast in in the apocryphal books of the Bible. Well, in the apocryphal bu books, but only one of them is actually in the Bible, which is Revelation, I think. Mm. So this this uh, but we have national IDs. We don't really. It's like state so you're like saying a U.S. Oh, one, not just like a state driver's a state license ID. or something. Um, but isn't that technically our passport? Yeah. Less than like 20% of the U.S. Less than some percent of the U.S. has a, a passport. I can't remember the percent. So you're oh, saying like right. this would be They're the not requirement. Obligatory. Yeah. Oh and like gosh. if you're not a citizen, but if you're living in the U.S., you don't have a passport. Good Probably oh, true that it's denied because of those things. Well, I don't know about the United Nations thing you threw in there. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I mean, we had to register here, right? We have Finnish residency permits and Finnish, like, social security numbers. Like, yeah. Um, I... I think this is one of those where now that we've like talked through it and there now that we've confirmed that there really isn't a standard for it, it like seems plausible, but citing religious reasons, I don't think this is something religious groups get very involved with. So I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with yes. It is true. So oh. Yeah. Oh so 
Basically, national ID card. So first of all, it is I think it is in the U.S. law that there cannot be a national identifier that is shared across different parts of the government. So we have the Social Security number, which is really only allowed for Social Security. And it was a big yeah. deal to create it. And it's not allowed to be shared with the uh, uh, other agencies, which is yeah. uh, part of like it, it is one of the most easy to identify things. And I think that the Mark of the Beast thing is a recent conspiracy where people were thinking like, oh, oh if they give us a barcode on our code, they'll they'll put the Mark of the Beast in certain peoples or something. And it's like uh, utter nonsense. But like the kind of thing that people would believe where they're like, you don't know what's in a barcode. You can't prove it. So mm -hmm. like because it or like the Bill Gates thing is it's just so hard to prove that idea. It like is going to play into somebody's, you know, disbelief or, or lack of trust or something. So mm -hmm. I, I learned a fair bit about that one, uh, like the, the national ID card thing and the challenges we have to like managing the health and social welfare of our whole populace. Uh, when a lot of the citizenship questions, whether they would be on the census this year or not, came up mm -hmm. uh, because there's that huge lack of trust. And even mm -hmm. though like Treasury is not allowed to share information, it, it, it doesn't matter. People aren't going to trust that and it's going to underreport where people are actually living. Interesting. Yeah. And I thought it was so interesting coming to Finland and you use your uh, hetu, which is what they call the social security number here, for everything. Um, yeah. You can write it down anywhere and it's yeah. totally fine. I was like, but it's your social security number. Ah, But um, yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, the trust quotient in Finland or any of the Nordic countries of other people and of, of the government is like off the charts compared to the antitrust quotient in the U.S. where everyone's just like, no way, I don't trust. Yeah, my social security card was literally in a safe at my parents' house until this last trip that I went home and my mom was like, okay, well, like, you know. Take this with you. It's probably time. Me, like yeah. a twenty-seven-year-old man, she's like, "You should hold on to this." And I'm like, yeah. "Is it too soon?" Yeah, I should check where mine is. Um. Yeah, mine has has not existed since I was like five or ten or something. My mom lost it, or it's unclear. But I know the number, and that's it. And I have never gotten to like replacing it. So it's also not important to have for. I, I like to think of myself as successful and adult and grown up, and I don't I don't have a social security card that I've ever seen. <laughs> you haven't had to use like present it ever. Uh, there's always a way around it if you have a like to get a passport. I think I brought in like a yearbook photo and a driver's license and address and a bank statement, and then you can use the passport to like count as the ID. It's it's wild. Interesting, David. I think you can sign paperwork. I don't know. <laughs> okay the next one there was a twitter account incorrectly attributed to a nigerian fan of mayor pete Buttigieg that was actually a sock puppet and his campaign manager true it was actually a sock puppet yeah it was actually his campaign campaign manager liz with a sock puppet I, I. Do you have any tweets from this account? <laughs> yeah. We can hear. I'm like so reading. I just like I'm so confused. Like what? What voter base would he be winning over with this as a strategy? 
a Niger. You said it's like a Nigerian representative. So it was. It was. I can't. I can't. I can't clarify it without. I can reread it, yeah, but like, I can't clarify it without giving the answer. Basically, I because I think people in politics. I would hope take their jobs very seriously. I think I'm very thrown by the concept of the sock puppet. <laughs> I haven't um, heard of this honestly in the news, so maybe I should change it to false. I'm going to go with false. I think this is false. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You were too confident. It was false. So yeah, it. you don't get it. You can't waffle, but, but I did kind of uh, say false. At the time. It was actually a con- conspiracy theory. It just wasn't false. <laughs> And they had to respond to it, and they had to respond by having the actual Nigerian guy come out from behind the sock puppet to explain that he was supportive of Mayor Pete. And I just had, I saw it this morning, and I was like, it's it's modern and current, and I went to high school with Pete, so I have to bring him up if I can. Uh, yes, sure. Kind of future, if he's not, even if he's not our man this year. So, okay, this next one is... The Dalai Lama worked for the CIA. I'd believe that. That is a powerful figure. I think depending on what kind of information they were trying to get from him, I feel like he'd comply. I don't know. I follow him on Twitter. (laughs) What have we learned about Twitter? It could be a sock puppet. (laughs) So true. Um, I just don't know if he would do that. I'm going to say, or, like, it wouldn't have come out yet. False. It is true. Yes! Bianca, you're getting in trouble now. I'm losing. Uh, The Dalai Lama was actually paid money in the 60s in connection with funding the Tibetan resistance in a move to disrupt China. Okay, this next one is hilarious. Uh, The U.S. considered making a gay bomb that would turn enemy combatants more feminine and encourage demoralizing homosexual behavior. Wait, say it. Read it. Repeat it. The United States military considered making a gay bomb that would turn enemy combatants more feminine and encourage demoralizing homosexual behavior. I had I have read about this as a conspiracy theory and I do not remember the outcome since I have read about it. This is insane. That's going to prime me to think that it's true. So I'm just going to gamble and say true. <laughs> I mean, um, our military does have a history. I feel like they try they, everything. Yeah. yeah. So true. It is true. And you're exactly right, Bianca. It was never actually made, but there was a very long list of potential devices considered but not created, including a pheromone bomb like this and a who, me, bomb that induced flatulence in enemy combatants. They abandoned the flatulence bomb, the who, me, like, uh, because there are so many cultures that have a frequent exposure to the smell of feces that it was deemed not effective. Huh. So, Dang. you know, wild. 
I, I, okay. I wish I was in the room when that was proposed, though. Like, like yeah, like, who brought that to yeah. Guys, let's end war by making everyone gay. <laughs> okay. There is a chemical that, when added to water, causes frogs to change sex from male to female. I thought that was true. So this is a conspiracy theory? Yeah, I thought or there like were animals... Or is it actually true? I'm pretty sure there are okay. animals that are cited like in biology as being able to switch their sex based on like chemicals, chemical <laughs> or like hormone. I don't know. Whatever is like in their vicinity, like as reaction to mm-hmm. a chemical. I'm going to go with true. I, uh, I don't know anything about science um or biology but salvador does but i shouldn't be copying him but i will true yeah it is true (laughs) what kind of frog um so it was in my opinion unfortunately misappropriated by the right-wing conspiracy theorist alex jones but there has in fact been a study that shows exposure to estrogen in lakes or the common pesticide atrazine can chemically castrate most males in the frog population. And then it actually turns 10% into female frogs capable of mating. However, because they are genetically male, they can only like that leads the whole population to be like 10 to 50% female, which is not enough for the population to continue sustaining itself. So it's like actually a really sad, dangerous, uh, damaging thing about like pesticides, uh, which was unfortunately being used to like sort of spew Alex Jones hate speech. And that's that's unfortunate. On a lighter note, uh, the Canadian government built a gaydar machine. That's gotta be a Mm -hmm. lie. That's <laughs> false. That sure it's not the American government. I'm like, as a gay man, the concept of gaydar, like, I think relies so much. I, well, uh, here's the thing: the concept of it relies so much on like stereotypes. Um, and if if this was an actual thing, it's a very offensive thing, and I'd like to think better of Canada. <laughs> yeah, Canada, I feel wouldn't do that. Maybe other countries. False, not not Canada. False. Yeah, it's true. <gasps> yes, yeah. it was in the 1950s, uh, which means it was pretty rudimentary. It showed erotic images, and then it measured pupil dilation, and then they fired employees. Um, so oh yeah, we're not the only ones with a dark past. Huh? Canada. That's interesting. You know, I, I've heard of similar methods. That being employed uh with like modern sexual psychology research where they will actually fasten a device to like male genitals and yeah. like detect arousal patterns by pres- yeah interesting that's yeah. how we've actually arrived at scientific evidence between like people that tend to be very homophobic are actually like holding back homosexual tendencies um they've gotten numbers to back that up yeah okay The next one is that Osama bin Laden was captured through a fake vaccination program. He was captured through a fake fake vaccination? Didn't they raid, like, where he was? Yeah, I guess captured. In a bunker. 
Yeah. Like underground. So he, was, he was caught and also died. But yeah. it was due it was due to a fake vaccination program. Like that's what they used as the I don't get it. Like to like track him. To track him, yeah, or to give cause for why they were there. Um, I'm just going to leave it at do to do to I'm going to go with false because I thought it was more chance that he was found. I think false too, because I feel like we would have heard of them using that as like the tactic to get him. Yeah. So it's true. (gasps) Uh, So it, it was a, it was found. They found the DNA of his kids in Pakistan which ultimately led us to figure out where he was. Um, and it had an extremely negative consequence because there's not a ton of trust in government or trust in medical authorities in Pakistan to begin with. And there are really terrible outbreaks of treatable diseases. So the fact that it is known that there was a vaccine program that was being used also for like DNA tracking to find Osama bin Laden caused like the negative like impact of anti-vax you know, propaganda, which like I've heard a couple of stories on on like how how they best combated Ebola in uh, Africa uh, it, during the the last outbreak a few years ago. And they really had to go to the level of community leaders who were trusted because the idea of the U.S. coming in or the United Nations or World Health Organization, there's just no trust in that. Mm-hmm. So like while they were trying to figure out like who had been exposed to different Ebola people, they had to get gang members and like community leaders involved. And then they were able to do, to track it down. It, it's a fascinating story. Whoa. Okay. This Wait, one, Steve, I, what is our score? Uh, Current standings. I'm losing. <laughs> you are losing. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not a competition. Think, <laughs> no, I said it was a competition. It's fine. I'm losing. It's whatever. You're down by one or two. I can't remember. Probably two, honestly. And I put other notes in here. Yeah. So Salvador has five and Bianca has three. Okay. All right. All right. Just a couple more. Okay. Um, the coronavirus is spread through 5G internet. I heard this one. Um, that's a conspiracy theory. So I mean, these are all conspiracy false. theories, Bianca. Is it a true one or a false one? Well, I feel like it's okay, got to be false. It's false. But five G. I mean, it is false. I can't even. It is literally built upon the premise that five G is mostly being worked on in manufacturing China. And it is really only installed in cities, and most of the outbreaks are happening in cities. So it is like piling on people's lack of understanding of science and disbelief in a thing that they cannot see. And so I can't even is my response to that. But I realize sometimes when you can't even, it is there's a kernel of truth there. Yeah, but like for me, I'm about like breaking it down, and I'm like, okay, well, if there's you know 5G in the air around us, in the space around us, like then what good is social distancing doing? They say that it can like live in you know the air for like a couple of meters and yeah. still infect other people. If 
5G is all around us and it's being used to transmit coronavirus, then like we should all just be locked up in our homes because any person who had it who breathed outside. Yeah, but does 5G go through a mask? Oh, great, great point. Hey, you know what? I knew enough science to get this one right. Yes. There we go. Yeah, you both got it. Okay, the U.S. government poisoned people during prohibition. Poisoned during prohibition? Ooh. Oh, uh, was it the government or? Yes, true. Or was it just because they made it in their homes and accidentally and accidentally created like the wrong alcohol type, you know, back to science things? I I'm going to go with true. The U.S. has a fucked up history of like doing things to certain communities. It It is true. However, it's not, it wasn't like malicious, we're going to like get people for drinking alcohol. It was basically just, they started making additional additives to put into industrial alcohol, which you're not supposed to drink to begin with. I think it's actually still done today. And there were warnings on the bottles that said, don't drink this, it will harm you. But because people couldn't get alcohol legally, they were, bootleggers were getting that and mixing it into things. And so it was like basically government sanctioned, but it, like people were breaking the rule. So the opinion was like, you shouldn't have been drinking this. It said, don't drink this. But like, mm. you you don't know what, like, especially back when it was illegal, you wouldn't necessarily know who made what drink. So like, in addition to like Bianca said, you could make it at home and accidentally make methanol, not ethanol, which is toxic and causes blindness. And by the way, is treated by uh, giving you ethanol, which is alcohol. So if you ever have methanol poisoning, drink a bunch of vodka and you might be able to say it is actually the treatment that they use in a, in a hospital. It's it's wild. Okay. Huh. And I totally got, so they got zero points on, on that. On my one of my biochem finals, like I, I did not get it right at all. I, I like made up charcoal filters in the liver, and yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> I'm learning a lot. Okay, the last one is there's a body double for Melania Trump who attends events when the real first lady doesn't want to attend. Mm. I kind of believe that. I do mm. too, and I just like she's like she has very distinctive features, but like you can also do yeah. anything with makeup. She wears a lot of sunglasses, and like large ones. So yeah, that could be her body double. I wouldn't put it past True. them. I'd believe it. It's false. And it I'm caught on like much. wildfire because people of a certain political persuasion couldn't believe that she could actually participate in this administration as an immigrant. And uh, so like exactly like the logic you guys just went through where you're like, I mean, it could be faked and like, it, it's totally reasonable and like, in, you know, makeup and everything. Like why, why wouldn't we do that? And it, it just shows like, it doesn't matter what side of the, the spectrum you're on left, right, middle, you know, libertarian, uh, you can get duped by that. So as best I can tell, there's no proof that there is a body double for Melania. And also, like, I'm, when I was thinking through this, I was like, I mean, 
I remember learning in like grade school that the Secret Service agents assigned to the president and the first lady are often people who look similar in profile to the person so that it's like from the behind from behind or the side or something, it's unclear who who they would be. Uh, mm -hmm. Like which, so if you're shooting, like you don't have like the specificity of the individual, um, the principal. So I was like, well, th this could be like they they probably do have doubles who look like Melania, and they're like, mm -hmm. got her in the Secret Service, and so I was I was almost duped. By, well, I was duped by that one also. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I'm not getting scored because I was as I was reading through this. So those are those are my questions. Those are I, so good. Yeah, thank you so much for putting that together. That was incredible. <laughs> I learned yeah. a lot. It's really interesting, kind of like the thought process that we go through each of them. I mean, yeah, I think you called it out right now, Steve. I think what I realized that I'm definitely doing with every single one of these that I get hit, I'm like, how plausible is it? And you're right. Yeah. Like, how much does it feed into our biases? When we were talking about this last one, I was specifically having memories, like remembering the like conversations about, well, they weren't going to move into the White House or like Melania was going to stay in like mm -hmm. Trump Tower somewhere and how much that was going to cost, like, you know, people in terms of like tax dollars to yeah. like, have the, the surveillance. Like, you know, if we're talking about her staying up in, in her tower and kind of staying apart from all of this, I would believe that she wasn't going to go to any of these events. And yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember thinking the same thing. Like, how could we possibly have to pay for this? And like, what a selfish decision. And then, like, I checked myself. Well, my, it was almost four years ago when I was thinking that. It was like, I mean, she's just making the choice that's best for her son, who's already going to have his whole life, you know, put into turmoil. Turmoil because uh, his dad is on TV and he's going to be the president. Like, regardless of how the administration goes, like, she's just trying to keep some stability in her young son's life. And so, like, I came back on that one and was like, I mean, it might be expensive, but everything we do is is expensive when it comes to the first family. So, like, I, I did the same thing that you were doing where you're like, oh, I know these facts. I'm going to apply them, which is right. a helpful way of thinking. It's really the only way of actually, like, learning something. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it, like, hits on both your confirmation bias and then, like, this thing that all humans have, which is belief perseverance. And it's like, as soon as you do decide on something, you seek all of the truth you can to like make that thing be true. And uh, it's really hard to get over. And I think part of like what has happened in the evolution of the human race and where we are now is like with the scientific re revolution, the best thing you can do is try to be wrong. And, mm -hmm. and it, like you see it in, in like uh, discredited academic papers or, you know, you hear about it, like when you're learning to do science in, in college or high school or something where people are like, I believe I'm going to find this answer and then I find it. And then it doesn't matter how much disproof you have for that. You're going to like keep buying into it. And science is actually the opposite. It's like you, the best day is the day that you disprove something because then you actually learn something versus right. like all sorts of attributes that are, you know, sort of true or or seem to support the pattern. But the pattern isn't actually the fact. So. I, I listened to a, a book uh, a little while ago called, uh, I think, Being Wrong or How to Be Wrong. And it and it really got into the, the psychology of these things. And I was like, I hate being wrong. I don't want to do that. And yeah. Well, it's like a lot of that, I think, has to do with like the psychological idea of like social heuristics. 
you know, as social creatures, we just want to be able to like fill in the blanks and predict behavior 99% of the time. Like some people have cited this as, you know, like psychological justification or explanation for things like racial stereotypes, which is comparing, you know, maybe like our human nature to the way society should be. And it's like, we need to overcome these biases and kind of like in line with what you're saying, like prove yourself wrong and you learn something new today. But it does play into this, right? We plugged in what makes sense to us about the world around us to arrive at the answer that we want. Yeah. yeah. So we talked about gaydar machines and <laughs> Canada fart Canada. bombs, Shut fart causing bombs, and the Dalai Lama and Bill Gates. So I think that's a lot of academics. Um, it is. Did you guys have fun weekends? So I, I wasn't on for the intro, the intro part. Uh, take it take it to a lighter note, Bianca. How social influencing? Um, it's been good. It's super light out, and I know you mentioned you might have seen some videos of me in you know three in the morning. Um, sky's blue. Um, it's been touching that sunrise. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, paying for it today so tomorrow i mean tonight's the night for sleep i feel it good for you put on that face our air mask. conditioner our yeah. air conditioner is out right now uh which you mentioned that it's like 18 celsius in in finland mm-hmm. or like 68 lovely mm-hmm. um it is not that here it is like 90 often <gasps> oh in the what like yeah it isn't it isn't today down but we've had multiple like 85 degree Fahrenheit plus days. And uh, it's been a little tricky. It, it isn't that bad for me. And I am moved back to the office because I have my own pr- private office. So I can easily socially distance here. But uh, mm-hmm. my husband is is real uh, not enjoying the air conditioning uh, debacle of 2020 in our, our new house. But we have a yeah. home warranty, so they're covering part of the replacement. And I'm doing the analysis paralysis thing where I have all sorts of choices and how fuel efficient can I get and what can be best for the environment and what to do with the surprise bill. So it's it's not fun, but it'll be exciting when it's done. Yeah. What is your ideal house temperature, Steve? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Colder to colder to sleep, but like probably in the summer, like 70, 72 would be fine. Okay. Yeah, I feel like growing up, we would have it somewhere between like 68 and 72. Yeah. I'm a fan of the like 63, 64. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Just so important. So cold. I like to be freezing. <laughs> there we go. Oh. Well, thank you guys for such a great episode today. This was so much fun. Yeah, thank you, Steve, thank you so much for joining us. This was great. Yeah, thanks for making my dreams of being on a podcast come true. Now, the real Steve, question is, will I be it. able to? Yeah, will I be able to listen to my own voice for a whole Ooh. hour? That is the test. <laughs> this will be published soon, so you can definitely let us know. <laughs> it's coming soon. I will say, I don't always listen because I'm a little nervous. So. I listen to it at least once and like mm-hmm. catch the things that I want to fix. I do keep catching myself licking my lips or like smacking my lips. Uh, and I don't think I, I just, I do it subconsciously. So I don't know how to fix it, but I've never noticed that when you're talking. So 
Maybe it's just the way the mic is. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, for you guys tuning in, we hope you enjoyed the episode. Definitely make sure to follow us on social media. I am Salvador Esparza.jr on Instagram. I am Bbonks. Hit me up. And Steve, would you like to share your social meds with the peeps? Uh, sure. It is Steve Rezepka, S-T-E-V-E-R-Z-E-P-K-A. Uh, but I, I really use it for like vacation posts and I'm not traveling right now for anything. So maybe mm-hmm. I should turn it into either posts from my garden or uh, fancy food that I've cooked at home because we have not had restaurant food in two and a half months. We've just made all of our own food. Um, yes, but do both. Literally my last my last Instagram post has Bianca in it. I no, it doesn't. Really? But it was it was from the, the decades party. That you were at. You're not you're not in it. I didn't post you apparently. Oh sad. Oh. But I was there. Truth. No, Steve, I think you should do like a lifestyle. I like it. You know? Cooking, yeah. gardening. Podcasts. <laughs> Podcaster. <Yeah>. I, <laughs> lifestyle. I mean, I struggle to to be able to relate to influencers like Bianca. Uh mm, but yeah. on my newest team, uh these people were not born when I was in eighth grade and they're like real life, 21, 22 year old folks. So they're brilliant and great, but I feel very elderly. The youths, (laughs) the youths are out. They're out there. That is crazy that they're 22. Yeah. They're, they're graduate college halfway through senior year. They're all, they're all, you know, starting their new jobs in the, this new world we live in, and they're impressive youngins. Oh. TBT. TBT. Youngin. <laughs> oh, all those years behind us. <laughs> and what about the rest of this year? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that actually leads us into our next topic. So for you listeners, definitely reach out to us. We want to focus our next episode on answer. We're going to play Mother Cleo for a little bit. Ask us predictions about the rest of the year. Will you be able to go on vacation again? Um, um, how much longer? Bianca, is your- Bianca, can you go to one of those secondhand shops in Helsinki and get a crystal ball? And like a, a turban or something. That would be amazing cover art for the, the next episode. I do love yeah, that. Yeah, we yes. just like film ourselves like as, what is the right term there? A fortune tellers? Fortune teller. I'm like, what am I going for? <laughs> yeah, we could put up like a visual for, audio visual for the next one too. Really switch yeah. up our medium. So definitely reach out to us via either the, well, no, we can't make that anonymous. How are we supposed to guess your future if we live in anonymous? Yeah, do not come at us anonymous for this one. Messages, yeah, messages individually or, uh, you know, message our podcast Instagram account and we will take all of your future prediction questions into account for the next episode. Very excited to uh, spin some truths. Or honestly, maybe we could really like set the path for someone's future. Yeah. We'll tell you what to do. (laughs) We're that influential. Back to that life advice. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll catch you guys again in two weeks.
Bye, guys. Bye.